Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I'm super glad that you are back again today for another episode where I want to share with you about a topic that came up recently. I had the great opportunity to record a couple of episodes for my good friend Ella's podcast on air with Ella. And while the two topics that we tackled were very different from each other, there was a common thread between them. And this common thread is a common problem that I see often, that she sees often, that she and I have both struggled with in our own lives. And it's where people with good intentions, great intentions, are getting in their own way. And I've decided to kind of share my thoughts in a little bit more detail about it today. And this problem that I want to dive into with you is being in a race for results. Trying to do too much too soon without giving thought to whether or not it's sustainable because all that matters is results, right? And I understand this because I lived it. I felt desperate for results and I would do anything. But here's what's not being said in that, okay? Uh, If you are somebody who is thinking right now, I'll do anything to lose the weight. I'll do anything to have the body that I want, to be as healthy as I want to be. I want to pause and I want to tell you what's completely dishonest about what I just said. I said that I was desperate and I would do anything, but That wasn't really true. That was a story I was telling myself. And not only did I tell myself that story, I told anybody that would listen that story like, no, 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 you don't understand. I will do anything to lose this weight. But my effort, my work didn't really reflect I will do anything. Because if I really would do anything, then I probably would have lost the weight and kept it off a bazillion years ago, right? That statement, I would do anything, It reflected my intentions, not my actions. It reflected my intentions. I wanted it bad, right? But I wasn't doing the work. I wasn't being consistent. I'd say, I'll do anything. But then I'd have chips at the Mexican restaurant. Or I'd say, I'll do anything. I'm desperate. But then I'd be eating ice cream on Saturday night, right? I said over and over, I'll do anything. I'm desperate. I want this more than anything. But almost every day brought an excuse or an exception, right? And as hard as this can be to do, I want you to work on seeing the difference between your intentions and your actions. I want you to work on being really honest with yourself about what you say you're willing to do, 
but what your actions indicate you're actually willing to do in reality, right? On the one hand, your intentions might be, and I think most of us have started weeks or months or days like this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat quote unquote perfectly, only fat loss friendly foods, only whole foods. My intention is to turn down every and all temptation. My intention is to work out hard, no excuses, push through the pain, not quit, bring my level 10 effort. My intention is to have bacon and eggs for breakfast and a salad with chicken for lunch and only a small handful of almonds for a snack and then fish and veggies for dinner and then kitchen is closed, I'm going to bed. But looking at your history, how many times do your wonderful intentions match up with your actions, right? And it might just be not that your intentions aren't valid or aren't even genuine. I really believe that mine were genuine and I believe that yours are genuine too. But that doesn't mean that it's a sustainable strategy for you right now. I can tell you with certainty that when I was in the early stages of losing weight, let's say when I was maybe around 300 pounds, 320 pounds, something like that, I couldn't have eaten the way I eat now over time, like day in and day out, because I didn't have the skill set yet. I didn't have the baseline. And I've said this before, but I really want to focus on it today. Oftentimes, our motivation exceeds our training. Our motivation exceeds our ability based on the skill sets that we have developed. Please understand that I'm not suggesting you aren't able to consistently eat clean. You absolutely are, but it doesn't mean that you currently have the training required to be consistent. Maybe you do. You know what will tell you if you do? Your actions. Your actions over time, day in and day out. Think about anybody who's run a road race before, right? Whether it's a 5K or a 10K or a marathon, and you give yourself this huge pep talk, and maybe you're doing this. I know I've found myself in positions where I've like signed up for a 5K or a 10K, and I didn't really do the training or the work. And so I went in with a little bit of nervousness, but I've said, you know what? You're not going to quit. You're going to keep going, and it's going to hurt, but you're not going to stop. You're just going to push through one foot in front of the other. No excuses. And then I get into the race, and I'm like, oh my God, this sucks. I can't do it. I got to stop, right? Because my motivation, the no excuses, you can do this, keep going, my motivation exceeded my training. Am I physically able to run a 5K? Yeah, but maybe not at any random day when I haven't done the training. It doesn't mean I can't get to the point where that becomes easy and effortless and sustainable, but at the moment, just because I have a high degree of motivation and I'm giving myself some tough love doesn't mean that I have the baseline of training to do the things I say I'm going to do. And unfortunately, many of us fall into this trap where we believe that as long as our motivation is high enough, our training doesn't matter, and that's just not true. And that's the case whether we're talking about food or we're talking about fitness or we're talking about finances or anything. Sometimes, and I'm, I'm saying this as like leader of the pack here, sometimes we create these fantasy plans in our head. And they reflect motivation that exceeds our training. But the reason we do it, because it gives us a little bit of peace. It gives us like, okay, now I've got a plan. And then we feel like we've accomplished something because we created this elaborate plan of how we're going to buy all these healthy groceries and we're going to fix all these healthy meals and we're going to work out every day. And no matter what, doesn't matter what temptation comes along, we're doing it this time. And it's lovely 
And it's well-intentioned, but it's a fantasy in that our motivation exceeds our training. We haven't yet established the baseline that we need to sustain the changes we're trying to make. What happens when your motivation exceeds your training? Well, if you get into that race, and, and I'm saying this because it's happened, whether it's been, it's happened to me in a 5K, it's happened to me in a 10K, it happened to me in the Philadelphia Marathon in 2005 or 2006, one or the other. But big pep talk, lots of enthusiasm, no excuses, don't quit. I got my playlist, I've got my new outfit, I've got my new shoes, I'm not making excuses, I'm not going to stop. And then not too far into the race, you're like, I I can't, like my body won't cooperate, this is awful. And what happens? You feel frustrated, you feel like a failure, you feel like you've let yourself down, you defeat yourself and you quit, right? And it's not because you're weak. It's not because you don't have the ability. It's because your motivation exceeded your training. And we have to build this base of training, whether we're talking about fitness or whether we're talking about nutrition or anything at all. This cycle of creating these fantasy plans, and I'm not saying that the fantasy is not achievable. It totally is. But right now, you might not be there yet. We have to break free from this cycle of letting ourselves down because we're creating these situations where our motivation exceeds our training. And I believe that a huge part of breaking free from this cycle is doing less, doing less. And I don't mean necessarily working below your potential. I mean focusing on fewer things. Your level of effort can be just as high, if not higher, but the number of things you're setting out to do to focus on to improve are less. They are smaller. We want to avoid feeling overwhelmed. We want to avoid letting ourselves down, and I really believe that comes from doing less. I also understand that it can be really scary to think about doing less because the last thing in the world that you want is to slow your progress or stop your progress. You don't feel like you have time. But hear me out for one second. Not only do I really strongly believe that you can actually get more results when you do less than when you're trying to do more, but I also think that you're maybe not being honest with yourself about the results that you're getting when you try to do everything right? Just hear me out. And this is a pattern that I've seen in myself. And this is a pattern that I see in a lot of my clients and a lot of you guys who who email me for help or support. When we're in this cycle where our motivation exceeds our training, where we do well for a couple of days or maybe a couple of weeks, and then we fall into frustration and often avoidance, while our periods of progress might look really significant or really fast, you can't ignore the downtime, right? You can't ignore, you can't just look at, oh, well, when I did this one thing, I got results really fast. No, you also have to look at, and then what happened? What happened when you stopped doing that? What happened when you weren't making progress or when you were undoing the progress you made in that strict pursuit? Sometimes we have this tendency to only look at the periods of progress and we think things like, well, when I did keto, I lost eight pounds in two weeks. Okay, cool, but that's not the whole picture. Then what happened? It's misleading and frankly, a little dishonest to look at just that. Let's look at this imaginary six-week cycle. 
Okay, let's say that there's just six weeks, any random six weeks in your journey. Let's say it starts with a highly motivated two weeks of keto or insert whatever thing you did, right? Intermittent fasting, carb cycling, counting macros, whatever it was. Two weeks, eight pounds down, yeah! Then you had two weeks of sort of half-hearted approach, no weight loss, and then five weeks of frustration and avoidance and some really challenging days and some okay days, but slowly a weight gain of just about what you lost, right? So you can focus on, I lost eight pounds in two weeks, most of which was probably water, and then I spent six weeks of energy and effort and have nothing to show for it, but frustration and disappointment and less belief in myself, right? That's the, that's the whole story. So often we'll look at just, well, when I did this, I lost this much weight. Okay, but then what happened? You can't say, When I did Weight Watchers for a month, I lost 10 pounds, but then I totally stopped going and I put on 15 in the next eight weeks, right? That is the whole picture. That is what happens when you look at your intermittent fasting experiment or your Weight Watchers experiment or your whatever you did experiment. Don't just look at the rate of weight loss that you had when you did the work. Then what happened? That is the truly reflective view of your experience on that plan. Now, what if... In the same six-week period, you nail two powerful habits, like fat loss breakfast and going to bed at a reasonable time without distractions, right? Going to bed without the TV on or without being on your cell phone. And in that six weeks, you're down five pounds, you have fewer cravings, you have more energy, and you feel so much less stress and anxiety about the journey in general. You're hopeful, you're motivated, you're encouraged, and you're ready to take on the next thing. Now, we could look at it and say, well... In your two weeks of insert diet plan here, you lost eight pounds and doing it this way in six weeks, you only lost five pounds. But if we look at six weeks to six weeks in one, you didn't lose anything. You worked your butt off. You were stressed. You were upset and you believed in yourself less at the end and you eroded your confidence at the end of six weeks. Or in this one, you lost five pounds. You have less stress. You have fewer cravings. You have more energy and you've nailed two powerful habits. We have to separate the fantasy in our heads from our true reality. I read a great little anecdote recently, and it's about CrossFit gyms. It's related to people who come into a CrossFit gym, and this is true of of any gym, really. I mean, just happens to be a story from a CrossFit gym. But don't let that, like, please don't let that color your view. That's just silly. Um, But it's related to people who want to go too fast starting out, right? They want to have these really intense workouts or they want to lift heavy weights or whatever. They don't want to learn the basics first, you know? Their motivation outpaces their training. So let me share this anecdote real quick. It says, you have a new member come in and go through your CrossFit basics program. Their first class in general population when they start working out with everybody is Grace. Most of the CrossFit workouts are named and they're named after women. Um, This new member was once an athlete and still considers himself to be pretty fit. You're warming up the class and you let him know that he should do the workout with 95 pounds on the bar. He gives you a thumbs up. You go through the skills and technique portion of the class and members begin to load up their bars with more weight for the workout. And your new athlete notices that many of the women around him are also putting 95 pounds on the bar and he thinks, oh, hell no, I can do more than they can. And he sets off to add more weight. And you remind him that he agreed 95 was going to be appropriate for him, but he insists that if that's the weight the women are doing, he can do more. 
And this small thing morphs into an emotional clash. That's because class number one is already too late to talk about scaling. That's something you need to clarify the first day they're in the gym when there's no emotion involved, when they're all by themselves, and when you have the entire elements class scaling or basics class scaling. In those situations, he understands he's not scaling because he isn't good enough, but because that's your procedure. You give him all the reasons and rationale behind scaling. He understands that you're looking for a low trajectory towards a distant horizon. He learns that the fitness we're aiming for isn't going to be found tomorrow, but two years from now. This story is all about why we establish a baseline. We're not going for the tomorrow goal, but for the goal on the horizon. The results you're striving for when it comes to fat loss, they're not about tomorrow. They're not about what the scale says five days from now. It's about what the scale says five months from now, five years from now. It's about not taking shortcuts that leave you stranded It's about doing the work that lasts a lifetime, building a base so that you can maintain your results, so that you are free from food obsession, from yo-yo dieting, from constantly feeling like you're starting over. It's been a while uh, since I talked about the 80-20 rule or the Pareto principle. Basically, the 80-20 rule, and this is like one of my favorite things in the whole world because it's so true in all aspects of life, the 80-20 rule states that 80% of your results stem from just 20% of the things you do. 80% of the results stem from just 20% of the actions you take. What that means is that there is a super powerful 20% of activities which drive the majority of our results. And then conversely... There's about 80% of the things that we do that don't really make a difference. They don't really move the needle, right? They account for 20% of our results, but they take up the lion's share of our energy and our time and our effort. And whether we're talking about fat loss or fitness or finances or business, we can all benefit immeasurably from identifying both that powerful 20% of things we do that really drive results, as well as the not-so-powerful 80% that we're kind of wasting our time with. Spend more of your time and attention on that 20%, the things that really move the needles, and ditch the 80%. Think about this in, in your real life, right? Think about it in terms of something that we can all relate to, taking care of our home, feeling like our physical space is neat and tidy. 20% of the things that we do make 80% of the difference, right? Vacuuming the floors, cleaning the bathrooms, and picking up the kitchen, right? It might make you feel like your house is 80% clean. Now, you could spend your time doing the 80% of other things, dusting the windowsills and cleaning on top of the appliances and washing the baseboards, but are those the things that drive that sense of like, It's clean in here. No, there's 20% of the things that make 80% of the difference, right? This is really true in all aspects of life. So when it comes to fat loss, we have a tendency to busy ourselves with the 80% trying to do everything, 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 and not focusing on, hey, what are the things that are actually going to move the needle here, right? 
So many people will try and add in exercise before they even make the slightest improvement in what they eat. And the reality is that's just not going to move the needle. You cannot out-exercise a crappy diet. You just can't, right? Or people will focus on, I'm going to cut out diet soda without paying attention to the fact that they're starting their day with a bagel or they're starting their day with, you know, a breakfast sandwich and they're driving their blood sugar and their insulin through the roof in the morning and blunting their fat burning response all day long. Well, I mean, I'm not suggesting you should keep diet soda in your life forever and ever and ever, but that's really not part of the 20% of things that really drive your results. And this is going to look different for everybody. It is going to look different for everybody. But we have to look at what really moves the needle. What are my big rocks and put our energy there instead of trying to do all of the things and burning ourselves out when our motivation exceeds our training. And I understand that this is all well and good in theory, but if you are like me, and I talked about this recently in an episode called Turning Off the Thought Faucet, um, but I, I know that your mind is probably always racing with the things that you could do or should do. I need to move more. I need to eat less. Oh my gosh, I ate too much. Why did I take a handful of those nuts or those candies? I've been sitting too much today. I need to get up and move more. How am I going to navigate through my choices after dinner? What if my spouse wants to go out for dinner? What if he wants to have wine? How am I going to handle that? Should I be working out more? I wonder if intermittent fasting is the right approach for me. It's really hard to do less in action when your mind is constantly racing with the should do's and the could do's and the why didn't I do's. It's really hard to be open to doing less, to simplifying when your mind is naturally always creating these big grandiose lists of all of the things, right? And the reality of the situation is that our choices, our actions are driven by our thoughts. And so it can be tough to simplify our actions, to simplify our strategy, to simplify our approach with all of this noise in our head that can be deafening and exhausting. We haven't even done anything, but the constant barrage of thoughts and expectations and doubts and frustrations, it zaps our energy and clouds our mind. So how can you slow this down? First thing, and I just mentioned this, listen to the episode on turning off the thought faucet that I just did. I'm going to link it up in the show notes over on primalpotential.com. I think There's a great exercise that can help when you notice your mind spinning and racing. And it's just something really simple that sort of stops you in your tracks and puts your attention back on where you are and what you're doing, right? I know I have days where I feel like I'm all over the place and I'm anxious and I'm overwhelmed and I'm not focused. And as soon as I catch myself in that crazy frenzied place of overwhelming thought, I will write down, or if I'm not in a place where I can write it down, I will say out loud, Right now, I am, and then I'll say whatever I'm doing at that moment, right? Or I'll write whatever I'm doing. This happens to me a lot when I'm walking to the gym. My mind is just racing. All the thoughts. I could, I should, I didn't, what if, all of those things. And as soon as I notice that, I'll say, right now, I'm walking to the gym, and then I'm going to work out. That's all. And that is just enough of sort of a check, a checking myself of all of those other things aren't really relevant right now, right now. I'm walking to the gym and then I'm going to work out. It often happens to me in the shower too. All the thoughts. What about, what am I going to do about this? What am I going to do about that? I need to do this. I need to do that. And I will say right now I'm taking a shower and then I'm going to get dressed, right? 
or it happens too when I'm like writing out my week and starting to plan all the things that have to happen and I'll feel overwhelmed by all the coulds and all the shoulds and how am I going to get all of this done? And I'll say, right now, I'm just writing down what I will do. I'm not doing these things right now. I don't need to do all these things right now. Right now, I'm putting them on paper and then I'm going to pick one and work on it. So practice bringing yourself back to what you're doing right now. If you start to perseverate over a conflict you have with somebody in your life and you're thinking it through and you're rehashing it in your head and what you should have said and what they said that upset you, right now, I'm just taking a shower. Right now, I'm just cooking dinner and then I'm going to eat. And it sounds really simple, but that's kind of the point. We need more simplicity in our lives. We need more simplicity in our thoughts. And slowing down our thoughts is one of the most powerful ways to avoid being overwhelmed and creating these big manifestos for your transformation. Now, let's get practical. You don't want to create these big, huge plans that you fail to execute because then you feel like crap. So what should you do? One thing that I find to be really helpful, and this is how I structure my fat loss fast track groups, is to pick just one thing to practice every week. Just one thing. Maybe you are going to practice having a fat loss breakfast every single day for the next week. Every single day, no matter what, you are going to practice having a fat loss breakfast. If you're at home, you're going to prepare one. If you end up going out, you're going to practice choosing fat loss friendly options off the breakfast menu. If you're in a work meeting, you are going to practice being strategic about what you have and what you say no thank you to because this week, every day, you are going to practice having a fat loss friendly breakfast. And if you don't know what that means, I will link to those episodes in the show notes over at primalpotential.com. Maybe you already have that down or that's not where you want to start. And you're going to practice having your carbs only at night. Every single day this week, that is what you're going to practice. Or maybe you're going to practice incorporating a serving of whole food fats at each one of your meals. Or maybe it has nothing to do with food and you're going to practice getting in bed at 10 o'clock every single night for the next week. Or making yourself sweat every single day for the next week. But just one of these, just one, every day, practice it. It doesn't have to be perfect, but every day, Practice. Then after a week, evaluate how it went. Do you want to do another week of that practice or do you want to switch it up? Was there a barrier to your practice that you can remove? Did you find that maybe when you're practicing fat loss breakfast and you have to have breakfast at work, that maybe you need to be a little bit more prepared with some kind of option in your desk at work or bringing your breakfast with you? What barriers were there to your practice that you can remove? reevaluate the week and create either your new one thing or your modified one thing for the next week. The takeaway message here is this. If you aren't getting where you want to go or you aren't moving at the pace that you want to make progress with, do less. Slow down. When I was talking to Ella about this um, for, for some episodes of On Air with Ella, she was like, but Why can't we do everything? Why can't we eat really clean and work out really hard and sleep enough and all these other things? And I said, we can. But it doesn't mean that we can start implementing all of those changes at once. And here's why. If eating well and working out was all that there was in your life, right? If you were totally isolated and you had no other responsibilities, that would be one thing. 
If you didn't have a job, if you didn't have a family, if you didn't have other obligations and things to do, then you would have more time and attention and energy to give to this initiative. But come on, we're adding these priorities on top of our very full lives and our other obligations and tasks and projects. So let's not hold ourselves back recreating a fantasy that doesn't match our reality or exceeding our training because our motivation is very high. Simplify your approach. Build a base. Simplify your thoughts. Do less in action and do less in thought. Reduce the number of targets you're trying to hit at once. And I really believe that this slowing down will help you speed up. Doing less will help you get more. All right, let's wrap up with what I ate yesterday. It was the return of hot coffee, which means that fall is on the way. You guys know I've been drinking cold brew uh, in the summer because it's been really hot, but cooler mornings mean hotter coffee, and that makes me happy. Um, a few hours later, I just had a random snack. I had some raw carrots and some macadamias with um, Primal Kitchen mayo. I didn't like the avocado, the, uh, the regular flavor that's just like, with an avocado base, but the Chipotle Primal Kitchen Mayo is really, really good. I will link that up in the show notes as well. After my workout, I had some leftover chicken thighs over a salad, and then dinner uh, was sizzle fish. Sizzle fish is a local fish delivery. I'm not local, but they were local when I lived in North Carolina because they were based in North Carolina. Um, so I had sizzle fish haddock. They deliver fish in individual portions, vacuum sealed, which I love because then I don't have to worry about leftovers, which is brilliant. Um, so I cooked a piece of the haddock and then had it alongside half of an avocado and a raw red cabbage salad. So it was red cabbage and cilantro. And then the dressing was carrots fresh ginger, apple cider vinegar, some um, sweet onion, and that Primal Kitchen Chipotle mayo. I just put all that in the blender and then poured it over the red cabbage and cilantro. Super, super good. I will link up to Sizzlefish in the show notes too for those of you who are looking for a good fish option where you don't have any leftovers um, just because I don't like reheating fish and I always feel like I'm wasting it when I cook a big filet and then I don't want to heat up the leftovers the next day. So I hope that you will consider doing less and slowing down. I really believe it will make a big difference for you. I'll talk to you guys soon. Hope you have a great day. Are you ready to move beyond listening and learning and really change your life? Really live into your highest potential instead of just wishing for it and hoping something clicks? I want to do that with you. And that's why this fall, I'm hosting the first ever Primal Potential Women's Transformation Weekend, Ascend, in downtown Nashville, Tennessee, November 3rd through the 5th. It will be a small group, but you can get your ticket and learn all the details at primalpotential.com forward slash ascend or by listening to episode 203 of the Primal Potential podcast. Here's what I know. Ascend will change your life, and I would love to have you join me. See you this fall. 
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu.